It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What is up, Auburn family? It's four days until Auburn kicks the season off versus UMass Minutemen. Let's talk about it on this live edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Let's go. What's up, Uptempo gang? I'm your host, Justin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane, in the 251. And you see our boy down there, Jake Crane, has joined us tonight. Jake, how are you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. We got a little appetizer last week, got a full slate this week. I'm rip-roaring and ready to see what these teams are about, man. Yes, sir. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. Blake, talk to the people, baby. Yeah, man. I had a great day today. Had lunch with the wife and the son. Uh, that was unexpected. They surprised me today, so I enjoyed that. But uh, just had a just had a Mississippi State fan try to once again compare their program uh, to Auburn University, man. <laughs> and uh, that's why I'm ready to, to kick things off and, and get it going because uh, I, I want Auburn to be good again, and I want Auburn to uh, – to succeed in the football program. And uh, I'm just ready for it, man. It can't get here qu- uh, quick enough. Yes, sir. We've waited long enough, man. We finally got here. Uh, Blake, I know you have some questions for Jake to get us started. Yeah, Jake, I, I wanted to start off with uh, we, we saw Hugh Freeze's press conference, man. And uh, there was some guys that come out on the depth chart and we thought that would be a little higher up. Some guys that were some surprises. Uh, some guys that were talked about that you can't keep off the field and and they're not you know going to be on the field as it looks uh, on the depth chart, man. So, uh, you know, Hugh said that he doesn't believe in depth charts. What do you take away from that, Jake? Well, look, man, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, depth charts, that they ebb and flow. Uh, you have some coaches that refuse to put them out. You have some coaches that will just put them out for the hell of it. Look, there's it's gamesmanship, man. It's There's – there's uh, not espionage, but but there's a lot of, of behind-the-scenes games that get played. For example, we used to always put a backup quarterback on the punt team, whether that be somewhere in the shield on the depth chart, even with the twos or at PP, personal protector, so that all week you got to work it at some point. We're going to steal some practice time for you. So uh, from you. So, look, when it comes down to, to coaches releasing depth charts, I mean, we'll know when they run out there on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. what, he, what, what I think he was going for – 
why the depth chart doesn't matter is, you know, when you have enough players and you have enough playmakers to be able to ride the hot hand and then use the hot, use the hot hand as a decoy, you know, it's never set in stone that this guy's mm-hmm. going to get the ball this amount of times, or we're going to do this, or we're going to run this, this amount of times, you know, as Mike Tyson has an old saying, everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face. And once you get out there and the game starts ripping and roaring, the guy's out there tearing it up, you got to feed the bees. So I'm not, uh, you know, when, when it comes to injury reports and depth charts, look, you got to wait till kickoff. I've been behind the scenes and I know the games that are played. Love that, Jake. Oh, uh, man, I want to start off on the offensive side of the ball and, and looking at some of those guys. And and you have a guy like Jay Fair that's he's caught a lot of love this offseason. Uh, how much better do you think this wide receiver core can be for Auburn this year? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with a system that's going to give them a lot of chances, you know, one-on-one. You're going to be able to find matchups. You're going to be able to put guys in good spots because when you run an RPO-style system or a multifaceted-style system where you put pressure on the defense at different points during the play, you can't double everybody. And at some point, you're going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul. And the minute you do that is the minute that you're able to attack that mismatch. So uh, we used to always say, and, and I was a defensive guy, so we used to try and shut this down, but the more guys that can make plays – uh, the more guys are going to get the ball because you're able to spread it around more. So whether it's Jay Fair, whether it's Shorter, whether it's Hooks, whether it's Fairweather, you, you're going to be able to manipulate matchups to your favor, and that's what this game comes down to. It comes down to matchups. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys have a chance uh, to make plays, a lot of guys being put in that position. And, and when it comes down to how much better this group is than the groups we've seen previous, uh, the system does yield a lot of that, but you have to have the cats. And I think Hugh Freeze has done a really good job, and this coaching staff has done a really good job of upgrading the personnel. You add that with a system that I think is better to be able to, to manipulate, like I said, the, the matchups, you're going to get more production. So I'm excited to see, just as much as the wide receivers, I'm excited to see the offensive line. That's mm. what, because it all start, it starts and stops mm-hmm. with that. You can have great skill players. That's great. That's the icing on the cake. I want a good, nice baked cake with some, you know, the batter was good. It's soft. It's moist. It's delicious. And then we can put all the, the fun stuff on top of it, even throw a birthday candle on there if you want. So there's a lot I'm looking at this weekend. Uh, Jake, talking about the offensive line, man, any surprise that Cam Stutz is starting over there at that right guard spot? No, I mean, he's a guy that went to media day. Obviously, they, they kind of singled him out as somebody who's a voice that people are listening to. Uh, I'm not surprised at that at all. What I, what I was happy to see, and you should always be happy when guys start getting kicked inside, when you should start to worry. Not saying that Cam Stutz got kicked inside, but you see Gunner got moved inside. When guys are getting kicked inside, that means you found answers at tackle. If you're having to bump guys outside, that means you have problem problems at tackle. So that was one positive. Not a lot of people know that. But when you see that, good things are happening. you got too tall out there. You've actually now got an offensive line that isn't a Swiss cheese factory like we've seen uh, in the past. And I just I hope it works out. Because I just don't want to be so upset on third and two, just knowing, hey, we're going to run it. They know we're going to run it. God knows we're going to run it. And it's going to be fourth and one. That's that's the worst. That's been the worst. That That's when you're able to step back and say, you know what, third and two, I actually feel good about it. That makes the game a lot more fun to watch. Hmm. Jake, uh, Peyton Thorne announced his QB1 uh, for this Saturday, man. How do you think he's going to handle Jordan-Hare Stadium uh, in his first trip to uh, – at Auburn 
Well, you know, he's got the unteachable intangible. He's got experience. I'm not worried about him being nervous. You're always there's always like anxiousness, right? And there's some mm -hmm. ner nerves before every game. I mean, you're about to go out there and do what you do in in front of a lot of people. But once you get rolling, once you get out there, it's it's like riding a bike. What I'm interested to see is how well does Peyton Thorne run? Because if Peyton Thorne and he doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson or Usain Bolt or Michael Vick <laughs> or, or or Nick Marshall. He just has to run good enough to make the defense have to respect it. And if they have to respect it, that holds backside defensive ends. That lets you manipulate linebackers and nickels, eyes, intermediate guys in, in coverage. It, it helps you freeze them and give that slot receiver or whoever that number two guy is, maybe number one came in motion to run some sort of slant or drag or you're running high-low op or something like that. If he's able to run and extend the play, and turn the scrambled play into scrambled eggs on defense, then at the end of the day, this offense is going to have a chance to operate at maximum efficiency. And guess who that helps even more? The running backs. Because if you're able to hold – we know when Jared Stidham was running the zone read, he wasn't keeping it. Hell, right. the one time he kept it against Alabama, they were so shocked they couldn't tackle him. He scored from like 20 <laughs> yards out. But when you're able to hold that in, what does that do? It extends the gap. It gives that running back more space to cut back on that zone play if it's not there. So I'm not worried about him being nervous. I want to see him make the throws. You don't want to see how he throws the nine route, how he throws the post, how he throws the fade. I'm not worried about the nuanced throws. I'm not even worried about his decision-making. But the ability to run, the ability to throw the deep ball on time and get it out there long enough to let the guys go get it. Because Auburn finally has some guys that can really, really go get it down the field, something we haven't seen in a while. Duffer? Yeah, Jake, it's very interesting. You, you talked about this RPO thing several times. You've been one of the only people that have kind of mentioned it, and I know that you have the back, you know, the extensive background that you have in, in coaching and ball and whatnot. And um, Do you think that – is it a concern of yours that he'll be able to do that effectively and keep the defense honest, or is it, are you generally just curious? You just don't – you're not sure if – well, I mean, I, I don't think he's a bad athlete. I know he ran like 4.8 coming out of high school, which isn't blazing. But some guys, you don't have to run a 4.4 to be fast. Some guys have wiggle. Uh, some guys are, have good acceleration. But the thing about it is when you're looking at, at Peyton Thorne, they didn't ask him to do this at Michigan State. You go back right. and look at the rushing numbers. It was more of a pro-style offense. Mel Tucker was trying to kind of protect uh, the defense and protect the scoreboard a little bit. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I right. We're not going to know. And some guys, it's weird. Some guys are a lot faster in the game. Some guys are a lot slower in the game. But I personally don't know. I, I have no clue. Uh, me and you kind of briefly have talked about this in the space. But if you've ever been in a space, you know that it can be a little hectic. So we didn't really get to finish this conversation. But um, just how how impressed are you with the way that Holden and Robbie responded to this competition? Because I feel like, buddy, that everybody stepped up from the moment that Peyton got brought in. I thought that whole QB ring elevated his game and got better. Yeah, well, I think they're in two different situations. I've said this all along, even before Peyton was named the starter, I felt like he was going to be named the starter. There is a role for Robbie Ashford in this offense, as long as he just didn't lose his mind and they had to send him you know, to the Shutter Island side of the transfer portal. <laughs> You're going to see him on third and short. You're going to see him on fourth and short. You're going to see him in the red zone when the field shrinks. That's when he's going to be really dangerous, and they're going to find a way to be able to utilize him. I would not be shocked if you saw him out there at slot receiver some, and they had some gadget plays, they had some decoy plays, because that defense, the minute Robbie Ashford goes out there and lines up a receiver, watch that defense. They're all going to be pointing. Mm -hmm. They're all going to, The coaches are going to be on the side hey, watch the <laughs> double pass, watch the double right. pass. And that's when those linebackers, they start cheating. They start cheating, they start cheating. Then all of a sudden, Peyton Thorne 
opens up like he's going to throw the bubble, hands the ball off, and now you've got an advantage in the box. And that's not saying you can't throw it out to him and let him go operate on the bubble screen. I'm sure Robbie can probably run a route. You will see some double passes. You will see some gadget plays. Now, in Holden's case, look, Holden's still young. Holden's got a lot of time left. I think Holden, you know, in, in, in the era of the transfer portal, I think Holden Gariner, you know, for, you know, I guess pun intended, is going to be holding out as long as he can before he feels like he has to go into that transfer portal to make a career and a business decision. I think Hugh Freeze, the, the, one of the best things about Hugh Freeze is he's genuine with his guys. He's genuine with the players. And when you're genuine, that's why I had no problem with what Deion Sanders said when he got up there and was like, look, some, some of y'all are going to hit the transfer portal. I would so much rather you tell me I need to go to the transfer portal because I'm not going to play than sit here and BS me the whole time because you want a second and third string guy for some depth in case somebody goes down. There's a lot of honor in that. Now, you may not like the way he went about it or the language he used, but the methodology and him being honest about it is the best way to go, and I'm sure Hugh Freeze is the same way. Jake, I saw your predictions, and me and Blake as well. Everybody here predicted Auburn to go 8-4. and four. You had 8-4, and four, correct? At eight and four, yeah. Right. Okay. So, if Auburn was to maybe find that nine and three, mm. who what's that swing game? What's of the? I'll ask you this this way: of LSU, Alabama, Georgia, which one of those three do you think we have the best chance of winning? Well, see, I don't even think that's the swing game, in my opinion. I've got Auburn beating Alabama. I've got Auburn losing to Georgia and LSU. I, I'm not on like all the sudden. So who are the other this, two losses? This. So I got at A and M. I've got Ed Arkansas. I've got those okay. as, as yeah. two losses. Um, I, I think they sweep the Mississippi schools. After watching Vanderbilt's offensive line, I feel a whole hell of a lot better about <laughs> Auburn going on the road. You can't They're stop secondary. Hawaii's you know, defensive line that I'm not worried about. It's not even the secondaries. But that, what, that run and shoot, Timmy Chang's a witch now when it comes yeah. to the passing game. Yes. And that Schrager kid's a pretty good player. The Ashcroft kid's a Texas kid that's a really good player. But watching Vanderbilt's offensive line, they outrush Hawaii who's a run-and-shoot team, not exactly lining up in the eye and just pumping it downhill at you. They outrushed them by 40 yards, all right, 40 yards. And it wasn't for lack of attempts. Hell, all they were doing was trying to run the ball and throw slants and hitches. I mean, they, they hit that one run early and struggled to protect the passer, too. I mean, Swan did a good job, I thought, keeping the play alive the whole night. So right now I got Auburn 8-4. and four. If they're able to find a way, whether that's going on the road and beating AM or going on the road and beating Arkansas, which I got Arkansas nine and three. I expect a big year from them. But you've mm. seen this. Somebody's leaking out of fall camp. Hey, Bama's offensive line is going to be really good. Bama's offensive line is going to be really good. Y'all better hope y'all are right because everybody started picking them. And we still got to see the quarterback. And here's what I say about fall camp you hear that the O line's doing really good. That's great. Who are you playing against? You're playing against your own team. So maybe the offensive line isn't that good. Maybe the defensive line isn't that good. Hmm. Jake, uh, did you did you get an opportunity to watch UMass and New Mexico State? Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I watched every game I possibly could. You know, now I didn't find the troll to give the token from Wonka's factory under the magical bridge to be able to watch USC play on the Pac-12 network. Yeah. But outside of that game, I mean, I was watching everything. I was glued to the TV, man. Football's back. I'll say this about UMass. The quarterback... Uh, the, the transfer kid they got throws it a little better mm -hmm. than I thought. But the story of the game was New Mexico State turned it over three times, and UMass took advantage of that, including a pick mm -hmm. six. When you turn the ball over, you give other teams life. Auburn should win the game unless they turn it over three or four times, and UMass is able to stay in the game uh, that way. But Don Brown 
is an old sorcerer when it comes to defense. UMass was awful last year. I mean, they had a bunch of accountants and insurance salesmen playing defense, had a top 10 defense in the country. They'll find a way. So if Auburn struggles a little bit offensively early, do not be shocked. But if Auburn doesn't turn the ball over, they're solid in the kicking game, and they don't go crazy with penalties, they'll win this game by three or more touchdowns. But I absolutely hammered UMass plus 37 and a half when it came out. Uh, now it's down to 35. This just smells like a, a 41-13, type game to me. That, I said that. I said that before we saw the Aaron and Blake's over here saying, "Well, if that happens, we suck." I'm like, "No, it doesn't." That look, doesn't mean look, that. look. Uh, no, like I'm telling you, it's again the thing. If you're an Auburn fan, I could see you guys in the chat. All right, and don't even get me started on Justin Lee. I'm not going down that road. I tried to exile <laughs> him like a long time ago. Um, but, but if you're an Auburn fan, at the end of the day, here's what you need to be looking for: number one, organization. How many penalties are there? If there are a lot of penalties, are they face masks? Are they holds? Are they physical penalties that sometimes happen? Are they procedural penalties? Are guys lining up wrong? Are there not enough guys on the line of scrimmage? Are, are guys jumping off sides? Are guys false starting? Is there a bunch of problems on special teams? How's the, And speaking of special teams, how organized is the special teams? Guys getting on and off the field. A lot of this first game is the flow of communication. How organized can you be? I thought the best thing, and I said this on the show on Crane & Company, the best thing that I saw from Notre Dame, well, I knew they were going to be better than Navy at every position. It was organization, not a ton of penalties. They were able to run their zone scheme, run their gap scheme. They were able to put a decent amount on tape to give the other team a decent amount to prepare for. Now, some guys like to hide things. Some guys like to show a lot and show some extra. Auburn needs to get up early so they're able to show some teams some extra things to work on and not just give away the peanut butter and jelly, especially going out to Cal. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, the best dog bet on the board is North Texas at home against Cal plus 200. They're plus six and a half, all right, which I don't like that line. If you're going to lose, you're probably going to lose by seven, three, or four, all right? I, I don't like six and a half. So if you're going to take North Texas, either take a money line plus 200 or buy them up to plus seven and a half and get that captain hook, be Peter Pan. So you're which, not a By the way, little known fact, Peter Pan is actually the villain. I don't mean to digress. <laughs> Thank you. Talk about this on the show. Think yeah. about it. He's a guy in tights that sneaks into kids' rooms and steals yeah. them and takes them to a place they're never supposed to grow up. And all Captain Hook is <laughs> was a kid that got stolen who went back and he's trying to kick Peter Pan's ass. Never forget, <laughs> Peter Pan's a villain. If you saw a guy break into your kid, Blake, you, yeah. you're a father. You saw a guy in tights break into your kid's room? Yeah. Well, you're breaking bricks. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yes, love that. I love it. It still cracks me up. I remember when y'all first talked about that. No, Blaine, dude, uh, Blaine said it. It blew my mind. It literally, if you go back and watch it, it blew my because he's right. He's yes. right. Peter Pan can't trust him. We're eating fake food. You're not even out here. How's that one fat kid fat off hook? Have you ever seen that movie? Y'all yeah. out here feeding him fake food? You kidnap him and feed him fake food? I don't trust it. So, Jake, you're not a believer in cow. Here's what I'll say. I just don't think, and I like Jake Spavitol, their new OC, the old head mm -hmm. coach of Texas State. Uh, I like Jake a lot. I just don't think they have, when you see how they got hit, hit during the portal, Justin Wilcox has to have it. They're a desperate team out there, looking kind of dumb that he turned down the Oregon job right about now, but that's a story for another day. Uh, they're just bad enough to worry me, but I just don't think their personnel up front, if Auburn goes out there and again, and I'm not, I don't want, Auburn needs to worry about UMass. That's yeah. what Auburn needs to worry about. But looking down the road, we have that 
that fortune and ability to be able to look down the road. I no, I don't believe in Cal. Mm. Aaron Rodgers ain't showing up there anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, I I wanted to ask you real quick. How do you think UMass will attack Auburn Saturday? Same way. Same way they did New Mexico State. You're going to see a lot of play-action game. They're going to use the quarterback to run. Because, again, if the quarterback can run, it's true 11-on-11 ball. You can get a hat on a hat, right? That's the closest thing you can get to getting a hat on a hat, right? Because you typically have a safety in the back. So in the box, that's what I'm talking about. You can get 10 on 10 if the running back is blocking. So that kind of nullifies or gives you the best chance to be able to be effective. Now, some people use that ability on the perimeter. You're going to see UMass do that too. Here's the scariest thing about UMass. They've got nothing to lose. They've got Mm -hmm. nothing to lose. They're going to come in here confident. I don't know how much they're going to throw it. Don Brown, I know he's going to try and put together a defensive plan as good as he possibly can. You always do. But when it comes down to this RPO-style offense, it hurts Obviously, any system hurts the team with the worst players. That's not some sort of amazing you know, thing that I just thought of. But in this system, where you're truly creating one-on-one matchups almost everywhere, because at any point in time during the play, it could be a run, it could be a pass, so you can't, you almost, it's like kind of guessing at the plate in baseball. If you're guessing you're in trouble, you better just think fastball and adjust, especially the higher you go. Uh, it, it can cause problems. So UMass is going to try and run the quarterback. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw trick plays, saw a couple against New Mexico State, mm-hmm. saw a couple reverses. So they got nothing to lose. What you're supposed to lose this game. Auburn's paying them like $32 per minute or something crazy like yeah. that. Yeah. Jake, I have one more question before we let you get out of here, brother. Um, I saw you tweet this weekend that you would talk to to talk to a coach, and he has said that this the rule change, the clock change mm-hmm. after first down, mm-hmm. was going to change the game more than anybody could anticipate. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, yeah, I was talking to an offensive coordinator in the SEC, and and he told me this is the biggest rule change that the most impactful rule change in college football that we've had in a long time. And if you don't know the rule change now, the clock doesn't stop after a first down unless it's under two minutes to go going into halftime, so the second quarter, or two minutes to go at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. So that affects all spectrums of how you not only play in game, but how you prepare. Obviously, if you're a running team, and I'm not talking about just triple option team. I'm not talking about just the, the military schools. If you're a running team like a Notre Dame, right, what mm-hmm. Alabama wants to get back to, what Georgia really is deep down, what Michigan is, you're able to possess the ball even more because that clock is not stopping. It cuts plays down, I think five to seven plays. And in, a ga- and in games that are decided by three to five plays, right. that's a whole hell of a lot of plays. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you're a team like Oklahoma, if you're a team like Tennessee, if you're a team like UCF, or Jacksonville State, and you go really fast, what I call the warp drive offense. Well, now, when you used to go three and out three times in a row, yeah, it was devastating. Your defense was on the field for a long time, but you can make up and get those possessions back. Well, now, if that happens, you can actually get sat on, basically just squat, squatted on by the other team. They can take away two to three possessions. Think about it. Seven plays is two and a third possession if you go three and out twice. So now the methodology of you saying, well, we always talk about the imp- importance of getting that first first down. Well, you better damn sure make sure that you get that first first down now because you're going right. to be eating two possessions down, down later in the game. So there's you're going to see some teams. I'm so interested to see how Josh Heupel and Tennessee approach this. You mm. may see some teams that when they used to go fast early and it not work, they'd still kind of press the gas a little bit. You're mm-hmm. going to see them back off a little bit earlier because, A, you want to keep your defense off the field, and, B, you want to be able to, to possess the ball 
at least a couple more times instead of just giving it right back and letting them sit on it. And all of a sudden you look up and you got four possessions in the first half. Mm. I, I thought San Jose State did did a, a nice job of that in that first half against USC, Jake. Yeah, I mean, and then just, you know, the Avengers took over on offense. I mean, it just, <laughs> you know, it, it, look, I'm telling you, USC, I came out and said, everybody here wants to crown them. That You know what USC looked like to me? Every single team that Lincoln Riley has ever had with Alex Preach. Every yeah. single team. Preach, and until you show me that, that you can adjust, because it wasn't just like you're lining up wrong, still can't tackle. Got all these better players in the portal. You still can't tackle in space. And San Jose State's a very proud program. Hell, they scared us to death in Jordan-Hare. So let's not act like San Jose State's just Sister Mary Margaret of the Poor and Blind and Deaf over there just running around. Mm -hmm. You know, Helen Keller A&M, that's not them. Cordero's nice. Nick Nash is nice. Uh, But San Jose State is still not Notre Dame, right? Mm -hmm. They're not these teams in the Pac-12, the Washingtons and the Oregons and the Oregon States and the Utahs and the UCLAs that that are going to be able to really do some things and have some offensive skill players that can cause problems. So you got to be balanced to win the national championship, uh, and I don't see balance in USC. Mm. Like a fat kid on a seesaw. <laughs> well, Jake, we, we appreciate you joining us tonight, hey, man. We know you've got to run, man, so we'll let you hop out of here. Always, man. Y'all do a great job. It's so excited. I'll say this. I, I want to end with this. If Auburn comes out and doesn't look like the greatest team in the history of college football on Saturday, and they win by 17, or they win by 20, or 20, don't panic. The best thing about the best thing for Auburn happened last week. UMass is not hot dog water anymore. They're not yep. great by any stretch of the imagination. All right. I'm not saying that, but Auburn needs some of these tests. Mm. They don't need to just be able to line up and play a game of I'm just better than you at this at every single position all the time. They need a little adversity that pays dividends later. A lot of people, I know everybody wants to win 63 to nothing and look great and let everybody play, but don't panic. Don't be that person at the tailgate that when UMass goes up three, nothing, <laughs> Oh my God, Auburn's going to burn down. It's the worst thing ever. So just please don't do that. Oh, I do want to say this too. Uh, we are like a thousand subs away from a hundred thousand on Crane and company. I want to oh, yeah. get there before I watch Utah beat Florida to sleep on Thursday. So, Love. From Auburn, Auburn boy, Auburn boy, and Auburn bread. Kurt Crane was my father. All right. Head over to Crane and Company on YouTube. It's C-R-A-I-N-N Company. Go hit that subscribe button. Have a great show. Think you guys enjoy it. I want to get to 100,000. I'm out of here, fellas. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate you, Jay. All right, all right. Yeah. My boy, Jay Crane, joining us. Let's hop over here and grab some comments, Blake. Yeah, man. Yeah. I saw our boy Tanner got in here. Boy Tanner was racing home to get in time to watch the live show. Did you put that? Uh, you got that shirt on, Tanner? You yeah. Put that shirt on today. Impress the ladies, bro. Who? What? What do we got down here? Hey, War Eagle, Miss Devin. War Eagle. What do we got down here, Dustin? You see that one? Oh, John Crane. No, we got uh. Well, John yeah, Crane there. says we're going six and six at best if we don't fix the run defense. Hope I'm wrong. I'll say this, John. I am concerned about the run game. So is Blake. Yeah. But I'm not ready to say six and six if we don't fix it because I got to see that it's a problem. I think it's a problem. We're going to find out, though, because UMass is going to try to tote that rock. What you got? I know where you're going, Blake. Right here. 
<laughs> Auburn will beat Bama and solidify a top five 2024 class. Let's Dustin, go. I, I know. There you go. Let's go. There you go. I like that one, hey. baby. I like that one. Hey, so, give us so, a score. So give me a score. Dial, uh, yeah, yeah. Dial look. Yeah, yeah. Give us a score. Give us a score. Give I want to hear about that. A top uh, five class. That means that you're flipping a KJ Bolden. That yep. uh, you know, you probably go in there and get a uh, a Carter here this weekend. I feel good about that one, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, you're definitely flipping some guys if you go and get the top five. Uh, I missed this one right here. Losses Lost to UGA, LSU, and RT. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm with that. You know, I, I say eight and four, but uh, but I could see that, man. That that game at Arkansas. Yeah, uh, I see a lot of people saying that we're just we're not losing to Arkansas. That's going to be so tricky, man. That that is a tough place to play, uh, and and on the road, uh, the way that schedule lines up and everything, that's going to be tough, man. I think you mentioned that we. Well, we go to Nashville and then turn it's around two and Nashville go back. Then, yeah, two SEC road games. So it's not that two Nashville is tough. But one thing is, I hope that we just get out of Nashville okay. I mean, I am I was petrified yeah. for everybody out there that that scoreboard was going to fall on somebody's head. I mean, for an SEC school, what a pathetic, pathetic. Hey, that was, that was just that's embarrassing, brother. Come holler at me, man. If you see me at Tiger Walk, bro, come holler at me, man. I'll be out there. But it's not going to be that high, buddy. The high is uh, 85. Low percent chance of rain, you know, knock on wood, right? But I don't think it's going to be out there. Uh, I just look at the weather before we got on, but I think it's going to be good. All right, guys, keep those comments coming. Uh, you already know the deal. Our members get first priority. You want to throw in a super chat there, get your question up as well. Uh, Blake, depth chart got released. Mm-hmm. Let's hop over here and look at this depth chart, man. Some surprises. Some things that me and you have been predicting all summer came true. Some things me and you predicted did not come true. Let's look mm-hmm. at the offense here. Peyton Thorne, obviously Robbie at the uh, backup. I want to speak on that in a second, too. Um, Jarquez at running back, Damari at the two. Rivaldo, the starting tight end there. Luke Deal in there at the two. Jair Shorter, Jay Fair, and Shane Hooks are your wide receivers. What do you think about that, Blake? Look at that. I love it, man. Shane Hooks, the size. Jair, the size. uh, What he double-digit touchdowns last year at North Texas. Uh, I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not gonna frown on that. Uh Jay Fair, Mike G is fully he told us he was fully invested on the Jay Fair train and it come true. And uh you still got VAR right there with Jay Fair, man. And uh yeah, sure. look, VAR I, I had that that's why I had to ask Jake, like, how much better is this wide receiver room gonna be than what we've seen uh in years past? Uh, just because of the talent that you did bring in and then a guy like Jay Fair stepping up, you know, and then you go get a kid like Caleb Burton from Ohio State and you get him to transfer into your program. Uh, And I've said this multiple times, any kid that comes from Ohio State that plays wide receiver, (laughs) I'm taking him all day, every day. Uh, So I think that there's excitement in this wide receiver room, man. Jair Shorter, you know, just going up and what I think if 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 I'm not mistaken, it was 11 touchdowns last year, maybe 12, I something think it was like that. 11 on 22 receptions. If not, there it was go. 10 on 22 receptions. Either so, way. So you know what that means? Uh, down in the red zone, dogs are gonna eat. All right, you right. got a 50 50 guy that you can throw a fade route to. Uh, you know, and and he can go up and get it. Maybe, uh, you know, him dragging along the back of the end zone. You you put it high. Uh, and and him go up and get it, you know. So I think the last time that we we really got to see that was Seth. So 
Yeah. You know, and, and Shout out to Seth, bro. Balled all preseason yeah. down in Duval, dog. Do your thing, Seth. So I'm, so I'm so freaking proud of Seth, bro, because he's all the talent in the world. He just didn't have the the proper coaching. But yeah, bro, that is uh, yeah, I saw. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then Dylan Wade at left tackle. No surprise there. Jaden Muskrat backing him up. Jeremiah Wright locking down that guard spot. We talked about it. He was hurt there for a long time. Came in there and got a spot. Proud of you, big dog. Avery Jones, look at that backup center, boy. 17 years old, look at that backup center, Connor Lou. And then Cam Stutz, man. Listen, I owe Cam Stutz an apology. I'm just going to come out and say it. I've said four times this summer, Cam Stutz ain't going to start. Cam Stutz ain't going to start. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cam Stutz. I'm sorry. You've been putting in the work, big fella. And Jaleel Irvin is interesting down there at the two. Yeah. Jaleel putting in the work, uh, a name that I just kind of written off, man. Uh, good for you, young man. And then Gunnar Britton and Xavier uh, Tutal Miller down there at right tackle. And I do think that uh, we get up early here and you see a different combination of all these guys. But, boy, when I look at those names right there, when I look at the experience, it's it's all about how they mesh together. Mm-hmm. And I really feel – because Cameron Stutz is the only guy that took a snap last year in an Auburn uniform starting on this offensive line. Uh, it's a crazy era, Blake. It's a lot different than when me and you grew up, brother. But um, – <laughs> I mean, this is wild. But listen, dude, this is very interesting to me. It's, uh, I'm excited. I think Avery's going to be able to get all these boys lined up. I think Jeremiah starting week one at guard. No more D-tackle. No more moving around for Jeremiah. Week one starting at guard. He's about to put his foot to the pedal, man. Jeremiah's about to eat. I predicted it way earlier in the season. If you didn't hear me, I'm going to say it again. All SEC year. I'm not saying first team. But he will be on that postseason list come into the year for Jeremiah Wright. And uh, I did. I finally watched the the last fireside with the guys from the O line. Saw what you were talking about with Gunnar Britton, brother. Impressive. The guy. The guy knows every level of football. He's talking about well how he has to know what the safety's doing. And uh, <laughs> and for a guy, he's only got four more months of eligibility. You know, he mentioned that as well. So mm. I expecting a big year from Gunnar. I want him to get in there, show out, put on some good film, and impress. I want to speak real quick here on Robbie Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at this point, I'm probably becoming probably going to get accused of becoming a Robbie fanboy at this point. But uh, it is what it is. Listen, bro, Hugh said it. Okay, Hugh said that when he talked about injuries, that Robbie has a uh, a strained oblique. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this: that injury didn't just happen. Some of those reports that you were hearing about Robbie having good days in practice. Those are post that injury. Mm-hmm. That's a tough son of a bitch. That's a tough so. young man right there. That is a tough young man. And I just think that that needs to be admired. That He got hurt in the middle of fall camp, and he said, probably I probably shouldn't play. Probably shouldn't have uh, so, you know, gone out there some of those days. Grinded man, and his, uh, and it's right here on this depth chart. And, and like, like Jake just talked about, going to get his reps. Don't count him out. That is a tough, tough kid. What you got, brother? You, you think he loves Auburn? I think he loves Auburn just a little bit. And I think the kid loves playing football. Yeah. I think he loves the game of football, man. And that's, uh, to me, that's just, that's my favorite thing is to see a kid like that. that just loves playing the game and competing. Mm-hmm. Defense. The top got me, bro. Masia, Masila, oh, Masaya Nasili Kite. Bang. Tongue twister. Tongue I think twister. I got her. I think I got her. Yeah. Um, and then my boy Keldrick right down there. I've been consistent on this all year. Keldrick's going to when did I say, Blake? I said, Ole Miss is when it turns up. Yep. So just 
this this number two right here, this ain't gonna last. But he's already 18 years old and he's already there. And he's gonna he's gonna make some plays Saturday. Y'all just wait. But Messiah there, Jason Jones, followed by Justin Rogers. Hey, I like that punch right there at nose tackle, don't you? That's a that's a yeah, punch. that 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 kind of surprised me too with Justin Rogers not getting a nod there. So obviously Jason Jones has been showing out in in fall camp. So you know, uh, yeah. I, you, you gotta you gotta feel positive about it, right? right. Like guys yeah, that like, you know you you really weren't hearing a whole lot about. They show up on the week one depth chart starting. So for sure, for sure. You know, and look and at then, Elijah uh, McAllister. Lawrence, John Lawrence Johnson. The other night we could not get the Purdue transfer. We couldn't think of his name. It's Lawrence Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in here as the uh, as the two at D tackle. Jack Elijah McAllister and Steven Sings. Quick note on this: Jalen McLeod's hurt. Might not even play. He's questionable. Mm-hmm. So I know that there was some stuff being made about him being down there at third. Then Hugh comes out and says he's been banged up. So I do think that you're going to see Jalen at some point in there, but. We have also heard that we've been struggling against the run, stopping the run. That's no secret, right? Apparently, that's Elijah's very good from that jack position and helping stop the run on first down. So that would make a lot of uh, sense there. Again, a lot of transfers on this list. Um, middle linebacker. This is where the questions have been, Blake. The linebackers. We've been wondering who's going to win these spots, bro. Week one starting, we got Austin Keys, the old Miss transfer. Dip from the sip, baby. Dip from the sip. Starting at middle linebacker. Your boy, Larry Nixon, the third, right down there in the second spot. And then at, I'm guessing that's going to be wing linebacker. These are all going to be uh, Ron Roberts' positions here. So we'll learn them as the season goes. But Cam Riley at the other spot. And then a Eugene Asante, buried on the depth chart last year, Blake, and working his way up to the two spot here. Shout out to Eugene, baby. You remember when uh, I told Jeremy in the space not to give up on Cam Riley? Yes, sir. Uh, I remember. <laughs> Duke can Duke can get after it on on third down, rushing the passer. Uh, we just we got to have a big year from Cam, man. Like this is a physical freak of nature, right? All right, and and the dude, he's got everything that it takes to play not only at Auburn University, be <clears throat> excuse me, Auburn University, but he has everything that it takes to play in the NFL. Uh, this dude's a gamer, man, and and Cam. Uh, I think he he's got to sure up the tackling, man. Like last right. year, uh, look, we got to sure it up, man. When you when you have the opportunity to make a play, you got to make it. Uh, but I want to see him get after the passer, uh, the passer this year, man. Like that's a big deal to me because I know it's there, I know it's in him, uh, but he just looked lost sometimes, you know. And and so uh, hopefully the improvements have been made. Eugene Asante climbing up to the two spot right there, like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Once again, I'll say it. We heard that this dude, you know, was buried on the depth chart, and he yeah. may never play at Auburn. So to see him there, that means he's he has <laughs> taken strides. So this has got to be exciting, man, because you know what that secondary, the rest of that chart mm, right there. Look at those I mean, names, man. You just look know, at them. We know, know what it is, but I just want to yeah. say them out loud just because it sounds so damn good. <laughs> DJ James, Keontae yeah. Scott at star. I'm so excited to see Keontae Scott play the star position, man, and really maximize his abilities and his talents. Jalen Simpson, you see, uh, Mike G tweeted out the other day uh, something. What do you want to? What's the main thing you want to see week one? I said, I just want to see Jalen Simpson murder somebody, bro. That's what I want to see. Ooh. I want to see one of them young men from UMass because they're filling up. They've won them a game, and, and and you know I'm pulling for UMass to make a bowl game this year. I really am. But I want to see uh, I want to see some of that confidence get knocked out of them a little bit when they come across that middle. Show them boys something, Simp. And then Zion Puckett over there at the other safety spot, and Nehemiah Pritchett locking down the corner. Nehemiah's banged up as well, um, enter, mm-hmm. so he might not go, uh, but he's going to try to. So if not, then I feel pretty good about the other guys we got going there. New guys, Kay and Lee, man, another freshman. Already worked his way up into the two deep. Going to see reps, I would assume, first, second drive type thing. And then mm-hmm. uh, Champ Anthony, Blake, this was the guy, very limited playing time at JUCO. And it was Keontae, right? I believe it was Keontae. That was his friend, and, and he had known him from him yeah. uh, previously. And they kind of shouted out to the coaches, hey, I know we got an open spot. Take a look. Yep. Man, missed the spring and has already worked his way up. Only four or five games total in college at the JUCO level. And uh, we heard about how, how much of a freak he was athletically and his ball instincts. And he's already in this loaded secondary worked his way up into the two deep. Um, so congratulations to champ. Don't want to poo-poo on or anything. I do think some of that has to do with JD being hurt. JD's mm-hmm. probably not going to get to go week one, um, but still shout out to champ, man. That's awesome. And uh, JD, we hope that you get back and you know how big of a JD guy I am. And then going over here to special teams, man, and now's the time to talk about special teams. We've ignored them all summer because, quite frankly, if we did episodes about special teams, it'd get 50 views or some crap like that. But yeah, it, it matters, man. It freaking matters. And you mentioned Caleb Burton. I'll start there with punt return. Keontae Scott is your primary punt returner. Uh, no surprise there. Anybody, if you don't remember, he did not touch that punt in Tuscaloosa. And then Caleb Burton working his way up to punt return. I would like to see us get up big, and I would like to see Caleb return some. I want to see Caleb get a punt return this weekend. That would be fun. And then Brian Batie, who was one of the best kick returners. Wasn't he like the best kick returner yeah. in the in the country last year back yeah. there? And then Jarquez Hunter is your backup kick returner. That's stupid. And then you have Oscar Chapman as your holder, Oscar Chapman as your punter, uh, Gabe Russo as your backup there. And then Alex McPherson, no surprise there, getting his um getting his chance to take over that starting role. And I don't have a whole lot of inside knowledge on this, but I'm expecting a big year from Alex, man. I know kickers are shaky, but I'm excited to see the kid uh, get his opportunity. Blake, what say you? 
Uh, yeah, like everybody keeps saying that he's better than his brother. Okay, and and if he's that good, man, um, the dude is putting him in through what fifty seven. Yeah, in a scrimmage. So, I mean, come on. I'm on the Alex McPherson train. I think the dude is going to be special at Auburn. Uh, And it's it's good to see that, like, you see things like he's putting them in from 57, that it could have went in from 62, 63, right? Right. So, you feel like late in the game, hey, man, we get to the 40-yard line, we got a shot. It's not a high-percentage shot, but we got a shot. Sure. And that's got to feel good because we know what we went through last year uh, with Anders coming off the injury and he just wasn't himself. Looks like he's getting back to himself in Green Bay. Uh, but, you know, it, it feels good to have a young leg in there. Uh, Alex McPherson and some are calling him Baby Legatron. So <laughs> uh, I think he has a big year. And and like I told you the other night, uh, going through the schedule and everything, I think he wins us a game this year. I think he I think he's gonna hit maybe a walk off or put us up late with like under a minute left or something like that, man. I, I think he's gonna have a big year. Hell yeah, I do too. I'm excited to see it, man. So that is your depth chart week one. Obviously, we will monitor it throughout the year. Every uh every Tuesday we'll have that updated for you, just like we have for you guys right there. And we'll go through and see what happens. It'll be uh I can't wait, man, to see how these boys perform. We got depth charts, man. Football is here. Blake. Every Tuesday, guys, this is not just this is not just a one-time thing. This is a new mm-hmm. thing. So you set your clocks, man. Set your reminders. You already know seven o'clock every single Tuesday. We're here. We're doing this. At the start of recording, we were at like 870, right? 870, 871, yeah. somewhere in there. Y'all know we need to get to a thousand, man. Only 130 more to go. We appreciate all our guys like Eric Pearson, like Devin, like Tanner like Bob Williams, like James Burnett. There are so many of you guys that are being supported, man, that are sharing this stuff out on social media, spreading the news, letting everybody know what we got going on here at the Upsempo gang. Really appreciate everything that you guys are doing, man, and helping us out because we can only do so much, man. We need you guys to help spread the word and get it out there and all that kind of stuff. So uh, really, really, really appreciate all of the, uh, the, the work that you guys are doing and helping us grow. Home Field Apparel, guys. Home Field Apparel, use code UPTEMPO, 50% off your purchase. That's all caps, UPTEMPO. Go in there and get you some fly gear. They're dropping new stuff every day. Saw some more stuff drop today. Listen, you got people in your family that aren't Auburn fans. I know you got some old misses. You got some Bamas. I've got some LSUs. Christmas time, go ahead and get it right now. Use this code. Go ahead and get the Christmas gift. Knock it off your list. You got it out the way, man. You got it out the way. If you're getting somebody some old Miss or Mississippi State gear, a little spoiler alert, they ain't got no championship shirts. But it's all good. It's it's all good. Now, if you want to do like our boy Tanner, where's our boy Tanner? Pull up Tanner's comment real quick, Blake. Tanner, let me know. Uh, he's when there. Here it is. Uh, let's see. See, if you want to be like is. our boy Tanner and look fly right. right here with the level up tee and go help us out, boys. That's on the Warport website. Go to the Warport uh, slash shop. Go on there and get you one of those, man. They're 25 bucks. You definitely want to do that. Help us out. Blake, let's make some predictions, bro. Some non-Auburn predictions. How we feel like the rest of this conference is going to pan out. We'll run through this real quick. I got my SEC East up here, okay? This is how I see this going down. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I got Georgia winning it. I got Tennessee going 9-3, and 5-3. and three. I got USC at 8-4, and 5-3 and three in the conference. Mizzou 7-5, and 4-4 four and four in the conference. I got UK going 6-6. Six and six. 
three and five in the SEC. Vandy going five and seven, two and six. And I think that, tell your boy DG, I think it's going to be bad news down on the swamp. I've got four and eight, two and six in the SEC, brother. I just don't see it. I got Georgia winning that one right there. Um, man, a very, very solid division here. And then, so I've got Georgia coming out there. And then we'll go over here to my uh, West real quick. Unfortunately, guys, I got the Gumps coming out at 11 and 1. I've got LSU at 10 and 2. LSU goes to Bama. So that's kind of my line of thinking there. I've got to give Bama the nod. And I just think that with all the questions mm. that Bama has at quarterback, I still think they're going to play murder ball. Like I told you the other night, I follow recruiting. I'm sorry. I know how they've been recruiting at the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to get back to playing that brand of football that they got big under Nick Saban at the start of the Nick Saban era. And if you think that it can't work, I promise you it still can work. And then I got Arkansas, just like Jake said, going nine and three, five and three. Here's my thing with Arkansas. Their East opponents are really easy. Like they go to Florida and I think it's Mizzou. I have it wrote down. I'm pretty sure it's uh, pretty sure it's Mizzou. Yeah. They play Mizzou at home and they go to Florida. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And I just – I think that if you look at Arkansas' schedule, it sets up nicely for them. And I have them beating us, unfortunately, and us going 8-4, and four, finishing fourth. I got Ole Piss going 8-4, uh, and 4-4 four, four and four in the SEC there. A&M – here's my thing with A&M. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's so much stuff about them falling off or being really – you know, like I see people predicting to go 10-2 and two or 2-10 and 10 type thing. I think it's more realistic that it just kind of falls somewhere in the middle. And then it's kind of one of them like, do we fire him? Like, I think it falls somewhere in that seven and five range and just kind of keeps the the waters murky for him, you know? And then uh, I think they might improve a little bit because the talent's there, but I still don't think the program's in a healthy spot. And then Mississippi State here, and I know you're going to get into Mississippi State because you're a little tussle on social media today, but listen. They got a lot of starters returning. I voiced my opinion several times on what's going on here with Ole Miss. I just feel like, or with Mississippi State, excuse me, defense is going to be fine. But that offense is a spread offense. If the, 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 the players are spread, and now you're trying to turn them into something completely different. I've seen Auburn try to do that when Gus Malzahn left to take the job at Arkansas State. We brought in whatever that guy's name was from Temple or whatever and tried to go to the pro style, and it just was a disaster. We didn't win an SEC game. I think Mississippi State's really going to struggle just because of that. And it's not a knock on Zach Arnett, but he wouldn't be an SEC head coach if it wasn't for the tragic situation. So I have questions as to whether he is ready for that position or not. Uh, so I've got Bama, Georgia in the SEC title, and I'm going to pick Bama to win, and I won't get into my Final Four and all that, but my national championship prediction is going to be Michigan to win the whole thing. Blake, what you're say predict- you on- – you're predicting Michigan to win the whole thing? The Michigan Wolverines. To beat an SEC team? Yep. Yeah, Hell of a because pick, listen though. to me. Hell of listen a to me. So, like, I think Blameless is going to murder ball their way through the SEC, and I think that Georgia is going to be good. I think that Carson Beck is going to be good. It's just law of averages with Georgia. I can't keep – you're not going to win it every single year. So I think you're going to go 11-1. You're going to get in there. And then also, on law of averages, there's this thing going around of like Jim Harbaugh can't win the big one. I'm sorry, dude. The guy, I saw him take Stanford to, to Hyatt State had never seen. 
I saw him go to four straight NFC title games with the 49ers franchise that have been stuck in the mud since Bill Walsh and Joe Montana had left. And now I see that what he's built at Michigan. I just think that Harbaugh is a hell of a coach, and there's just no way that he doesn't win a title at some point. And I think that I think that this is the year. As far as the SEC goes, I got the gumps beating the dogs, and I hope that I'm wrong. Obviously, I hope it's us or somebody different. But until otherwise, man, until we get in there and start making some things happen in that living room, um, no. And the only really threat I got Tennessee can threaten, you know, if they, if they can find everything with, with Milton there at quarterback, um, they can threaten Georgia. And then I believe that uh, LSU can obviously threaten. And and that game is in Tuscaloosa, but LSU's actually been better over the last 10 to 15 years in Tuscaloosa than they have been at Tiger Stadium, as crazy as that sounds. But uh, I got to go as boring as and as chalk as it is. I have no hot take here. I've got Alabama winning the West over – over or win, winning the SEC over Georgia. But I think this whole – if you looked at it, I had I, every I, single conference – I had every team in this conference outside of Vandy and Florida making a bowl game. I think the SEC is going to be loaded this year, and there's going to be a lot of times where we're beating up on each other. All right, I'm going to make mine short and sweet. Uh, I agree with you about Alabama. Uh, I think you're going to see Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I think Kirby Smart, uh, daddy's Nick Saban again. Um, <laughs> And I think Georgia moves on. I think you're going to get a playoff of uh, – man, it's so hard because the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what is Clemson and Florida State, the winner of that? You know, I think Notre Dame could be a sneaky one. I, I honestly do, man, with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, he's got something up there this year. And I know everybody hates on Notre Dame. I get it. Uh, but with Sam Hartman being a legitimate quarterback, uh, that offense is is nasty. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see them losing to Marshall or anybody. I know they got they got Ohio State again this year, and I know they got uh, USC uh, every year. So um, you know whoever gets in there, I, I agree, man. I have Michigan in the national championship against Georgia, and I think Georgia boat races them. Uh, okay. I, I think Georgia three peats. I do. I, I hate to say it. It sucks. Uh, but like you said, man, the living room. Yeah. It's uh, all about that living room, bro. And they just got the talent. Look, I said it the other night, and I'll, I'll stick to my guns here. I think Carson Beck, uh, as far as the quarterback position, I know Stetson was a dude. I know he made plays whenever Georgia needed needed the play to happen. Uh, it, go, looking back at that Ohio State game uh, in the in the uh, playoffs, you know Georgia was down late. Man, Stetson made a play. Georgia comes back and they win that football game. But when I look at Carson Beck, I think he's going to be better than Stetson. When I okay. when I look at arm talent and just everything that it takes to play the quarterback position, man, I know Stetson was that dude. I loved watching him play, but talent wise, bro, like Carson Beck. He's a dog. And so um, I'm just excited about Auburn, though, and the the possibility of getting to eight and nine wins, man. Like, mm-hmm. you just think getting to eight and four and you go into a bowl game and you are you have the, the chance to win nine games in year one. Uh, that's what I'm most excited about. And, and I, I'll tell you, Dustin, your boys that you picked to finish seventh in the West, 
Let me tell you something real quick. Talk to him, please. Let me tell you something real quick. And I saw in the comments, I can't remember who said it, but they said, um, let me. It. I'll find it. Go ahead. Keep find going. it. Uh, they said something about Harson giving them an opinion. Uh, I th Jackson, maybe. Um, let me tell you something. I, I got into a little, a little scuffle with a Mississippi State fan a while ago on Twitter. And I posted my predictions, the boss, toss, and loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put Mississippi State in the boss category because I think we're going to pummel them. Like, I really do. I, I think we're going to beat the beat the hell out of them. Uh, just for everything that's happened the last two years and the devastating ways that we've lost, right? Um, but you come on my tweet and – tell me that you have beat our ass the past two years and nothing's going to change. Uh, we haven't been good since 2013. We've been irrelevant since 2013, and you're on a 13-bowl game uh, streak, and Auburn can't say that. All right, well, let me, let me tell you clown something real quick, okay? <laughs> and when I say clown, I mean that. Don't you ever put Mississippi State and Auburn in the same breath when you talk about college football, Auburn ain't never lost to Maine, the Maine Woo! Black Bears. Okay, Mississippi State is zero and one all time against the Maine Black Bears. All right, mm. hit you with that facts. I remember watching that one on Jefferson Pilot one day. Back oh, in like, JP, baby, rest yeah. in peace. I think it was back in two thousand and four that they lost to Maine like nine to seven or something. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, bro. So don't don't ever hit me with that. Oh, look, That's SEC bad. championship yeah. game, 1998. All right. You already know what happened in 98. Tennessee, you got waxed. All right. Uh, so your your lone appearance in Atlanta, you lost. Okay. So what what else have you done? Nothing. Period. Okay. So don't sit here and say that Auburn is irrelevant when we've had way more relevancy than you've ever thought about having. All right. Way more. How many undefeated? 65 to 29. 65 to 29 go. is the all-time record. I'd say we've played a few times, and if it's 65 to 29, you should probably go sit down somewhere and shut up. Exactly. Don't don't speak to me, bro, because you're on a two-game winning streak. I, <laughs> I don't – don't. that's the problem, and that's the reason uh, I agreed with Jackson's comment is because Harson did let those things creep in, man, where Arkansas fans get to talk trash, Ole Miss fans get to talk trash because they feel some type of way because Auburn's down at the bottom right now. And I'm, I'm sick of that. I'm sick right. of it. And that's why I told you before we got on here, I wanted to pound you, Mass Dustin. I want to hang 70 on them. <laughs> I know Hugh won't do it. I know he won't. But I want to embarrass them, all right? Because I'm sick of people talking trash, bro. And this these Mississippi State fans, like, you're a baseball school. I've said it a thousand times on here. Shut up. Like, we've let's, let's just go back to 2010. Natty, all right, SEC title. 2013, played in a Natty, 13 seconds away from winning another one, all right? 2010, 2013, where was Mississippi State? Doing absolutely nothing, all right? Um, let's go to 2017, all right? You were a game away from making the college football playoff. Beat the number one Atlanta. team back-to-back -back weekends. <laughs> Bang, all right. You played in Atlanta. You were you were a game away. You were four quarters away from making the college football playoffs. Yeah, you got the doors blown off of you. But where was Mississippi State? That's right. They were nowhere to be found. 
right. Oh, yeah. And, and during that little stretch, you went on your Dak Prescott years and you got to number one in the country and a team from the state of Alabama uh, waxed you. So, uh, you know, your argument is just blasphemy. I, 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 I can't stand it. But we go to 2019. All right. Hell, we had one of the only true freshman see and still won nine games. Win nine and three. What was Mississippi State doing? Nothing. You still can't get no. to Atlanta. You still can't get to Atlanta. All right, Dustin, I always say it. I hope you remember it. It's a six-team conference in college football when it comes to the SEC. And I'm going to repeat them. Georgia, Florida, Tennessee in the east. All right, you go to the west, it's Alabama, LSU, Auburn. All right, in no specific order. You ain't got to put all, you ain't got to put them in order or, you know, whatever. But right. if you, my grandpa told me back in 2004 <laughs> when he died, he said, Blake, if you put your money on anybody else besides those six teams, you were going to lose your money when it comes down to winning the SEC title. And it's rain true. All right. Arkansas, you went there, you lost. All right. Ole Miss, you, well, y'all ain't never been there. Ooh, uh, I ain't never gonna but, go. Yeah. So, uh, but Mississippi State, you went there, you lost. Vanderbilt ain't never been. Kentucky ain't never been. Uh, Texas A&M, you had Johnny Menzel, still couldn't go. Uh, so, you know, go kick rocks, man. Speaking of money, something that this Mississippi schools ain't got much of. Super chat from my boy B Will's forehead here. Does Brother Hugh approve of these depth charts? To this B Will's forehead, I will say. Um, Hugh, as we've all talked about, he's an honest guy. He's probably the most honest coach Auburn's had in a long time. Not a whole lot of coach speak. I'm not buying the crap he said about not having depth charts. I wasn't buying it back in the spring when he was like, we don't have any idea what the depth chart is. Bull crap. Bull crap. Because then how do you decide to trot out first? How do you form your units if you have no depth chart? Yeah. Um, he probably doesn't approve of it, but – I bet you what we see Saturday looks a whole lot like the yeah. depth chart that got really that got released. Uh, Brad Brown, and appreciate the uh, super chat, brother. Brad Browning, hey, is this weekend a wideout game? Yes, it is. Actually, uh, the Auburn Twitter today posted something uh, telling you what all the home games, uh, what all home games are. But yes, this weekend is a wideout. Dialogue says Auburn 45, Bama 38. Looking like that 2019 one. Looking like that 2019 Iron Bowl. Devin doesn't think I'm crazy. Thank you, Miss Devin. Oh, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> Jackson Hall. Auburn. Oh, here we go. Auburn just announced team captains. Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, Luke Deal, Peyton Thorne. So uh, three of those guys were the media day guys, right? And then your starting quarterback. So really no surprise there. Um all of those guys are, are really good dudes. And Luke Deal is impressive, man. Luke Deal is a, an impressive young man. Could sing. Uh, apparently, uh, I've seen him doing a lot, whole lot of different media stuff. He wants to be in media whenever his football career comes to an end. So, uh, a lot of impressive guys right there. And, again, shout out to Cam Stutz, man. Like, for real. Making, <laughs> <laughs> like, make, making me look stupid and doing his thing, bro. Making, making me look stupid for sure. Let's see what else we got. Uh, Coach Freeze hates depth charts for sure. Yes, Tanner. Yes, that's what I always say. Blake said, Blake tells them they're baseball schools, and I'm like, Well, if you're a baseball school, how come you're the two teams? Two teams didn't make it to Hoover, and it's y'all sorry asses. So, you're supposed to be baseball schools, and you can't even make it to the conference baseball tournament. Please, Mississippi, you know. 
if you ain't the if you ain't the Southern Miss Eagles and you're in the state of Mississippi, <laughs> that that's who runs the SIP. The Eagles run the, the Hattiesburg runs that thing, brother. I don't think Mississippi is an actual state, man. Like I don't think that place is real. So so look, 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 look. I one thing I wanted to bring up. This this kind of reminds me is is Hugh made some comments about Jordan Hare Stadium being like the most electrifying place uh that, that he's gonna run out of. Like, how do you think those Ole Miss fans are feeling about that? <laughs> like, you know, they they went on some weird trend last year of where they wanted to compare their stadium and how electric it got. You remember that? Where yeah. like people were posting that they were leaving and all of that. And they were like, no, nah, bro, we're here. Like we watch the games. We're in electric atmosphere and we're like, you're not an electric atmosphere. Trust me, I've sat second row at Vaught. Hemingway there is nothing electric about Vaught Hemingway it's it's a nice stadium it's it's nice like the campus is awesome like cool but the stadium is not electric at all uh but what do you think about you saying that yeah real quick guys we're about to get out of here if you got any last second comments or questions that you want to get in go ahead and get those in there um I thought it was freaking hilarious I think that Ole Miss fans needed to hear it and I think that I watched their head coach last year Beg them to come to the game. Like, beg them to come to the game Mm -hmm. and make noise. You're never going to have to beg the Auburn fans to come to the game and make noise. You're just not going to have to do it. So, yeah. And they'll see. October 21st is going to – it's a a strike the stadium. The orange and blue strike the stadium. I'm hoping to God that it's at 630 and that that place is just uh, just through the roof, man. That's a game that I plan on losing my voice by the end of the first quarter. And uh, if you see me in the crowd, don't judge me type thing. Like I'm not in a, in my right state of mind. So you know. But if you're there, you'll probably be losing. You'll probably be losing your stuff too. Before we get uh, before we get out of here, guys, I'm going to Phoenix City Friday night. On my way up to Auburn, I will be covering a little bit of Cam Coleman, Dylan Upshaw. Mainly will be my main focus. Will be Dylan Upshaw. He's a 2025 class of 25 wide receiver target, and also I'll be looking at Spencer Waldrop. He is a class of 2025 um, offensive lineman that Auburn is very hard after both of them and very high on their list. Yes, I understand how that goes with the Phoenix City kids. Um, but first, uh, last week was our first weekend uh, out on the road at these high school games, and our varsity squad members got to check out our Bryce Kane recruiting update video. Um, got some highlights, Blake, did a lot of cool things over there with that one. Really hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, figuring out some things to make the next one pop. Uh, went ahead and paid for some scripts, some subscriptions this week to local newspapers. So I'll be able to get those stats in, uh, stats in as early as we can because uh, we got some guys committed in, in some in some small places, man. So getting those stats might take a day or two. But I hope that you guys enjoyed uh, the Bryce Kane footage that we were able to get and the breakdown that we were able to do. Uh, so that's just part of our varsity squad memberships. JV Squad really help you out here on these live chats. It's all kind of up here on the screen. If you're listening on audio, JV Squad's members only live chats, member shout outs, priority reply to comments, early access to all our videos, exclusive gifts. And then the, the varsity squad at five nine out of a month. This is where you want to be, man. So you can get those recruiting update videos. Me and Blake on the road every single Friday night. Game day group chats, gameplay with us. We'll give you our Xbox gamer tags, that kind of thing. Get on there and play some Madden, man. I'm kind of getting good at that Madden, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Get on this watch the film Auburn baseball style. We're obviously a little bit into baseball season for that to come up. And then uh, we'll be doing some watch the film very, very soon on some of these high school recruits. That will be separate from the recruiting the recruiting pod. 
the recruiting pod every weekend. Me and Blake going to go scout out a guy. You really, really are going to want this one September 15th when Baker, the home of Bryce Kane's high school, takes on Foley, Perry Thompson's high school. We are going to have a ton of content coming out of that game that Friday night. Um, but, yeah, man, you guys definitely want to be a part of this because uh, you're not going to find anything else like uh, like like we got last weekend on Bryce Kane. Uh, we were there. We were in action. Got a lot of good feeling for you guys breaking that thing down. And uh, like I said, we're figuring this thing out as we go when it comes to that. So it only improves the more and more we go. So get over there. Sign up for it. For everybody that is signed up, appreciate you guys, man. We really do. Uh, it means the world to us. And like we said, all that money is just getting pumped right back into this pod so we can continue to bring you the best product. Uh, Blake, before we get out of here, we will be here Friday, 10 a.m. Y'all know the drill. Share this out on social media. Share it out to your friends. Tell your friends that we got to get to a thousand, man. We got to get yep. to a thousand. We've been pretty hard on trying to get it before kickoff. Look, when we started saying that, we were at like 300 subs. We're already knocking on the door here, 9,000. There's a possibility we make the 1K before kickoff. Even if we don't, you guys have been tremendous, and that doesn't mean that the put the grind stops. But if we don't make it before UMass, then we got to make it before the cow game, right? So. Everyone that's been with us, man, from the day one, all of our new guys, all of y'all, appreciate it. All the kind words mean the absolute world to us. They really do. Uh, Friday, we will be giving our predictions and previewing the UMass game, 10 a.m. Look forward to you guys being here. Blake, you got anything before we get out? Just bring it Saturday. Bring it to Jordan-Hare Stadium. Show up, be loud, uh, be electric for Coach Hugh Freeze uh, in this staff and these players man uh remember those dudes uh that that what they've been through the last two years i'm not going to go into it uh again but just just keep those dudes in mind man that that uh guys like nehemiah and jay simp and and those guys that that have had to go through the mud and the struggles and everything they deserve saturday they deserve saturday so give it to them yes sir and when we get this dub let's have fun I don't want to hear yeah. like we had last year with Mercer. Ooh, nah, to hell with that, man. Have fun. Before I get out of here, shout out to the Auburn soccer ladies, 3-0. and Shout out to the Auburn volleyball ladies, 3-0. and We love you, ladies. Keep grinding. War Damn Eagle. Friday, 10 a.m., official predictions for the UMass game. You don't want to miss it. The grind for 1K continues. Subscribe if you haven't. We love you all. War Damn Eagle. We will be back Friday, 10 a.m. God bless you. Tell somebody that you love them, man. They might need to hear it. We're out.